We've kind of put our little logo up here for this year on the area of the road to transformation and using that as a road because if you go down a road, how many know things are changing? You're not static. You're not in one place. If you're moving, you're on a road. You're traveling. It's forward motion. And that's the will of God for our life. God's will is not static. It's motion. It's forward. It's growth. It's increase. It's transformation. And that's what we're looking for. And so uh, we shared it with you last week that God's <coughs> excuse me. God's plan and God's purpose for our life is always a journey, not a destination. Life in God is a journey, not a destination. You never get saved enough. It's maybe not the best theologically way to say it, but you just not. I mean, you're completely saved, but we're always in the process of putting off the old and putting on the new. We, we still have more. The Apostle Paul says, man, Paul said it like this. I don't count myself to have arrived. So unless you've written more than two thirds of the New Testament, you're still on your way, Bubba. The guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament said, I haven't arrived yet. The guy said, I've been to heaven and see things I can't talk about. Says, I still have more to grow in God. And so that's our goal. We just keep forward motion, forward momentum, and looking forward to God. It's a journey, not a destination. It's discovered on the path he sets for our life. He sets the course, and then we intentionally follow. It takes intentional purpose to follow God. Would you agree this morning? And so uh, uh, last week we gave you Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're not going to renew your mind by accident. Amen. Most of the time it's our own thoughts that are our biggest problem. The biggest battleground. Tim LaHaye years ago wrote the book called The Battle for the Mind. And so the, it's more of what we deal with in our head. But learning to think from our spirit instead of from our mind. Learning to be led by our spirit. The Bible says you and I have the mind of Christ inside of us. Amen? How much you? I want his mind. Mine needs a lot of help. His is all right. Praise the Lord. So I want to live by the mind of Christ. And so Hebrews chapter 10 this morning is a verse I wanted to give you. Verses 19 through 25. Look what it says. It says, therefore, brethren, having the boldness. Somebody say boldness. Having the boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way. Somebody say, by a new. See, it's a new way because in the Old Testament, the priest was the only one who could go into the Holy of Holies. Once a year, the high priest was the only one who was allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies, enter into the presence of God. But now, Jesus, by a new and a living way, I mean, remember, on the day of his crucifixion, the veil was rent from the top of the bottom and God declaring that we all now have access into his presence. And so, but it's a new and a living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Come on, to draw near means you have to intentionally enter in. Amen? And then he goes on to say, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. Wow. How I many know when you look at world events right now, the day looks like it's getting closer. 
So living by the exhortation of the scriptures and applying them to our lives is so important for us to do. So look at this with me, if you would. Look at the cover of your outline. The point of something being new is just that. It's new. For there to be any change in a new year, something has to actually change besides the date. If I will have a new year, something in my life has to turn around and become different. I have to do something new other than just change the number of the date. Think about it. Every new year begins, brings to us a new beginning. How we respond and what we decide to do will determine if anything changes with this new beginning other than just today. So we have to be purposeful. We have to be a people that are determined. As we shared last week, Barnabas went down to Antioch and the Christians that were there in Acts chapter 11. And after seeing the grace of God that was upon them, he encouraged them to serve the Lord with purpose of heart. To be diligent, to be purposeful in their approach and their walk with God. Everything about the Christian life is to be new. It's called the new birth. We're pronounced new creatures in Christ. We are given a new covenant and new promises. And we are transformed through renewal. So we're constantly to be in the process of transformation. Paul prayed this in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19. He says, Oh, my children, for whom I travail for you as a mother and birth until Christ is fully formed in you. As we said in communion, God is doing an inside job on your life. The problem is we live in an outside world. And so the outside world going on around us seems to get all the attention. But wait a minute. If I just intentionally stop and rest for a moment and pay attention to the greater one who's living inside of me. Come on. We just remembered. We partook of his body and his blood. His life is in us. Wait a minute. I am an overcomer. Christ is in me. Amen. And it changes things from the inside out. So that's how God works in our life. This means there must be an active agreement with corresponding action on our part with what God declares to be new in our life. Something, I have to do things and be acting in agreement. We are to live a new life and follow his new standard for our life. Amen. That means we come under the authority of the word. I don't get to define my life. I have lived by God's definition. Could you say amen? And then think about it. We're actually supposed to put off the old and to put on the new. Amen. I was really heartbroken because I have some friend, but I saw a pastor friend just that I've known for years. I met him the week before we started the church, and then to see what's happening to him right now, my heart's broken because somewhere the press ended, and it's just, so I'm praying for him. And there's people, you have friends, we have loved ones, you seem to, wait a minute, you, you were going so well, how did you end up there? What, what caused you to deviate off that path? And so you have to be purposeful because you have an adversary. How many know Peter said, you, we have an adversary who goes goes about looking for somebody to devour and if we don't keep focused on transformation we open the door look what Colossians chapter 3 said he says if if then if then how many know if is the most challenging word in the Bible if then you were raised with Christ seek those things which are where are above so to seek how many know that takes intention where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on the things of the earth for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God when Christ who is our life appears then you also will appear with him in glory therefore put to death how many have that on your refrigerator 
Not one. Amen. Amen. I'm, <laughs> Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. But now, somebody ought to shout, but now. Those are my favorite verses in the Bible, the but now. You yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. That means Christians don't cuss. Don't lie to one another since you put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. How many know that takes some involvement? Yes. involved. Who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and in all. Come on. Communion. He's in us. Amen. He's there. Ephesians 4 says this, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put what? On the new man, which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. How many know you're not just going to wake up tomorrow morning with the new man on? How many ever have the old man try to speak louder than the new man in your life? Amen. you got to make God's voice the loudest voice in your life. So this takes more than just an annual resolution. This takes intentional transformation in order just for the word of God to come to pass in our life not about setting lofty goals or doing anything but just to live the life that God says we have in Christ takes intentional transformation and the word intentional is just this it means something done on purpose deliberately and like I said last week ACDC sang the song highway to hell it'll be no surprise when they get there was their theme song amen but in that same thing, nobody shows up anywhere on accident. We show up everywhere on person, deliberately on purpose. So think about it. Uh, look at your outline with me. What was the last, what, what is there, ask ourselves these questions. What is there in your life and walk with God that is of recent origin? If you look at your life, come on, if you've been saved more than three weeks, there ought to be something new in your relationship with God. Find something new in your walk with God that is of recent origin, that is being brought into being because of intentional transformation. Something in your walk. God, I see a change. I'm growing. I'm on a road. This is a journey. I'm moving forward. I passed another mile marker in the transformation of your work in my life. Think about it. When was the last time something new in your life with Christ appeared for the first time? Amen. A new revelation. God showed you something new in the Word. Or God used you in a new way. Or you stepped out by faith in ministering to somebody in a new way. When was the last time you found yourself in unfamiliar territory with God? See, we all have a routine in our walk with God. But how long has it been since we arrived somewhere new in the Lord? Hey, the longer we get saved, we just get in a routine. Somebody said, do you know what the definition of a rut is? Anybody ever heard that? Yes. It's a grave with both ends kicked out. 
Amen. So you want to find yourself in a rut. Come on, you want to live in a new place with God. Amen. And then ask yourself, when was the last time you did something you were not accustomed to? And it made you uncomfortable. And required you to rely, to really use your faith in God. Amen. The Apostle Paul said it like this. Seek that you may prophesy. But Lord, if I prophesy and I give a message in church, I'd just rather listen to the people that do it all the time. But the Bible says covet and earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit in your life. Well, man, if I was going to prophesy, I'd have to step out by faith. Come on, let's do it anyway. Go for it. Do something that stretches you, takes you someplace in God. So the question is, are you ready for a year of intentional transformation? I don't know about you, I am. See, there's never been a revival in history without the preparation of the upper room. So what do you mean by that? It's where God's committed ones gathered in one place and in one accord. The gathering. Anytime the church will gather together. Why well, have times of prayer? See, we're doing this different this year than we have before. Instead of doing 21 days, we're doing three three-day fasts. Every, the next three Sunday Mondays and Tuesdays, I'm asking you to join me. But we're going to start first in corporate prayer because we'll come together. Let's pray corporately. And then these next three days when you're fasting, I'm wanting you to pray because we can decide to do something corporately together. But until we choose to let God change us individually, we'll never be able to walk in unity together. Are you with me? So it's most important what we allow to God to do in us so that he accomplish what he desires to do through us. Amen? And so in walking with that. But so it comes with unity and then they continued in prayer. These are the essential conditions to seeing a move of God in any generation, any dispensation, any community, any church. Then nextly, to understand this, to give yourself to a season of prayer and fasting could be completely, a completely new thing for you to do. You might be in here and say, Pastor, I've never fasted and prayed for any length of time. Well, start with a beginning. You could fast one meal. Skip lunch today. And then skip dinner. And then skip breakfast. And then skip lunch. Amen. And just go, go back and read the Word. Spend time in prayer. Say, God, I, I, I'm going I'm to eat the meat that people know not of. Jesus, the disciples brought him food. He's ministering to the woman at the well. He says, I have meat that you know not of. How many know Jesus said this to the devil? Man does not live by what? But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Say, God, I'm going to set some time aside and I'm going to live by your word. I'm going to put the bread aside and live by the word of God. By faith, I'm going to believe God. I believe I will survive. People think, man, if I don't eat, I don't I, I get grumpy. That's all right. We'll pray for you anyway. We'll love you right through it. <laughs> Amen. But let God, there's something about saying no. How many know the reason we don't fast is because the voice of your belly is louder in your life than the voice of God? I'll oh, just move right along. Amen. So, but sometimes you have to say no to things that could be new, but find a way. Do a beginning. Let God start something in your life. It's a journey, and then take the next step, and then the next step, and then the next step, and watch what God will do greater. Come on, greater things are yet to come. We sing about it all the time, but we got to do something for it to become a living reality. Do you understand that? 
So it could mark the greatest transformation and change you have ever seen just with the beginning like this. So that's why we're having these nine days of prayer and fasting. And so starting tonight and tomorrow night and Tuesday night by gathering together to pray here. So think about it. Prayer is the essential communication in our new life with Christ and our relationship with the Father. Jesus is the model of prayer for us to follow. Heard one preacher say it years ago when I first started. He said, Jesus did this. He went from one place of prayer to the next place of prayer, and in between he worked miracles. What if we just said, God, that's what I want to do. I want to spend time in prayer with you, and then I want to walk out my life in obedience to your will for my life, and then I'll go spend some more time in prayer, and then I'll go out and walk out a life of obedience to your will for my life. Amen? I just want to tell you, God wants to do great things through your life. If you can believe God, I use this all the time. I hope you understand when I say this. I was a mess. I was complete, total failure. I'm living proof that God uses the stupid things to confound the wise. And say so that's what he said. I'll use the base thing. I, 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 I won't use what people do. So you look at somebody, you don't choose a failure to work through their life. Are you listening to me? But most of us, we come there, but let, we, we let our past speak louder than God into our life. And I say, God, I'll just live for you. If you want me to do anything, I've already screwed up. My reputation's shot. So I don't care what anybody thinks about me. Amen? See, I, my, my reputation was gone before I got saved, so I don't have anything to preserve. Are you doing all right? Amen. I'm no longer in self-preservation mode. I just live for God. Amen. And so you get out there, you just say, God, I want to see what you would do through my life. You just get curious in your walk. And I'm telling you, God wants to do great things through every one of your life. But it will take some transformation to see it come to pass. So think about it. Jesus went to that place. What about what Psalms 91, 15, and 16 said? Look at this. Look what the psalmist wrote about prayer. The Lord said through him, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Some people ask me, say, Pastor, where do you get your energy? Well, I actually believe that verse. I mean, I believe youth possesses me. Amen. I refuse to grow up. Thank you for that agreement. God bless you. <laughs> Amen. I refuse to act my age. I never have, never will. Amen. So how do you stay young? How do you stay by? Believe God. Look, he said with long life. What? With what? Come on. He said you will call and he will what? Answer. So prayer, look at it. Answered, uh, uh, God will put no limitation on his ability to save through true praying. The possibilities of prayer are linked to the infinite righteousness and to the omnipotent power of God. There is nothing too hard for God to do through and in response to our prayer. A season of fasting and prayer. Say, God, I'm believing you. I'm taking the limits off of my prayer. Maybe your transformation is just to get out of your limitations. And believe God to go into the place that he says you can go. What about the mark of God on prayer? Ephesians 1 verse 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Excuse me. Who has what? Who has. How many know has is past tense? Amen. 
who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you are blessed. I'm serious. You are blessed. Amen. How many know blessing is not a feeling? It's a declaration over your life. God didn't say you're going to feel blessed. He said you are blessed. The Apostle Paul said, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When you realize and you step back, wait a minute, I am blessed. I don't have to worry about my provision. I don't have to worry about that. I just want to live in obedience to God. God, do what you want to do. I want to help build your kingdom. I want to help build churches. I want to help preach the gospel. I want to live seeing your power and your grace and your glory displayed through my life. You said I'm blessed. Therefore. I don't have to think about it. I just have to live obedient. And you cause all things to work together for good concerning my life. I think I'll live that way. Somebody ought to shout amen. amen. But you have, to, you have to intentionally transform your mind. You have to choose to live with the mindset that's been renewed by the word of God. And declare it over your life. So when it comes to prayer... Or just go back to that. Answered prayer is the mark of God in our praying. It is the exchange with heaven and establishes and realizes a relationship with God. We give our prayers in exchange for the divine blessing. God accepts our prayers through the atoning blood and gives of himself, his presence and his grace in our life. See, we read it, that Christ has made a new way through his, by his blood, we are able to come into the presence of God by a new and a living way. Amen? And so we live by that, and God produces that in our life. When it comes to prayer, though, we've been given a divine helper, the Holy Spirit. How many feel like you need help when you pray? Besides me. That's why I'm glad I pray in tongues. Amen. Pray in the Holy Ghost. We say, well, I, I, you might be like the, the disciples that met Paul on the road to Ephesus, and you might say, well, Pastor, I never heard if there was any Holy Spirit. But the promise of the Father has been given to you, the Holy Spirit. And when he comes in Romans 8 says that he helps us in our weakness and our ability to pray. Romans 8, 26, that the Holy Spirit makes intercession through us. So by praying in the Spirit, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through your life. And the Bible says, Paul goes on to say that when he's praying, he prays the perfect will of God. Now, I can think I understand some things about God, but the Holy Spirit prays the perfect will of God for the saint. So I think I'll let him pray. Amen. I, I love just being, being a participation in participation with him. See, he is the enabling agent in God's dispensation of doing. He becomes the captain of our vessel, firmly standing at the helm with his hand on the wheel to steer us safely on the course set by God for our life. Look at what Jesus said in John 16. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. That means you have to position yourself to be in a place where you're ready to hear the voice of God. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to interrupt your life to talk to you. You're going to have to set up an appointment to listen. Amen. You have to make an appointment. You have to choose. You have to intentionally, deliberately 
Give time to hear His voice. I believe we all need help when it comes to prayer. Today, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we'll pray with you. It's the promise of God. It's the gift of God. Jesus just said it like this. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them who have? So you could be baptized with the Holy Spirit today. Your prayer life go to a whole new level. Amen. See, the measure by which we receive him will be gauged by the fervor of our faith and prayer with which we seek him. Our ability to work for God and, to, and, and pray to God, live for God, and affects, uh, affects others and affect others for God will be dependent on the measure of the Holy Spirit received by us, dwelling in us, and working through us. Or in other words, just Paul goes, hey, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled, ever be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, drink and keep drinking, amen? Receive and keep receiving His fullness in your life. Now let me tie this up this morning by talking about fasting for just a moment. Fasting is not something we do to try to earn God's attention or answered prayer. I don't fast to move God. Amen. God works by love and by grace in our life. Are you with me? We fast for ourselves. I fast to bring my body into subjection. I fast to take authority over my appetites. I fast to put off the old man and to put on the new man. Are you listening to me? I fast for my benefit, not for God. And it's so important. And then, but there's places in there. And last week we shared the verse with you that, that Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. He comes down and there's a man there who had brought his son to the disciples, expecting them to be able to do the same things that Jesus did. And we have to remember today that when we say we're the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth, the world expects us to be able to do the works of Jesus. Amen. They get discouraged with religion because religion promotes it but doesn't perform it. It's like when John Wimber first went to church. He started the vineyard movement and he went to church and he asked the usher at the church. He said, hey, when are you going to do the stuff? And the guy said, what do you mean the stuff? He says, you know, you multiply the, the loaves and fishes. You cast out devils. You open blind eyes. The lame start walking. The guy said, no, 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 no. We believe in the stuff. We talk about the stuff, but we don't do the stuff. But the way to do the stuff, Jesus said to his disciples, said, how come we couldn't cast the devil out? And Jesus said, because these kind come out only by fasting and prayer. He says, you couldn't do it because of your unbelief. You and I fast and we pray to tackle and to win the battle against our unbelief. We fast so we can hear the voice of God. To we fast to remove the distraction. So his voice is the clearest voice in our life. And we rise up in the power and the authority and the anointing of God by faith. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. How many know it takes some transformation to live beyond what you see? To believe God beyond what you see. See, in these nine days, I'm seeking the Lord for new clarity and direction. All those other scriptures you can look up. For my life and for our church. Or in other words, I'm looking for intentional transformation. Amen. And so that's what it takes. I'm fasting, I'm praying in that area. God, bring clarity into my life. I have a lot on my heart. But I need his wisdom and his guidance to put it all in the right order and to accomplish it in the right manner. Amen. Psalms 37 verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. 
So what does it take? If I can't say no to my stomach or I can't say no to putting things down or letting things go and putting off the old, then it'll be pretty hard to let God order my steps. Amen. Same thing. The Bible says, Paul wrote in Romans 8, he says, as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. To be led by the Spirit, I got to learn how to put myself back and put Him forward. Are you with me? Amen. And so what are we going to do? We return to the place of simplicity, taking everything we are and go back to its simplest form, a place of intentional transformation. I get this last thought. Intention by itself is not action. This is a good intention by itself is not action. Years ago in the 1980s, I heard Ed Cole say this at, at a men's conference, and he said that we judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. I can't believe you did that. I actually intended to do that. Amen? So we judge. If I intended to do it, I give myself props for doing it. (laughs) Whether I never did it. Are are you following me? But we judge everybody else by their actions. But we judge ourselves by the grace of our own intentions. Watch. We must add deliberate action to our good intentions or there will never be anything more than just good ideas. And that's the difference. Somewhere. What is intentional transformation? This year, God. I don't have to make this big list. I just am going to move down the road of your transformation in my life. And I, if I just let God really be God in my life, change will come on every level. There's an old saying. It says, when you change, everything around you changes. How do you get a better life? Start with you. One old preacher said, you want a revival? Draw a circle around yourself and say, God, start right here. How do you have revival? Just draw a circle around yourself and say, God, start right here with me. Do whatever you need to do in me to bring a move of your spirit to this place where I live. Amen? Hallelujah. Think about that. So, ask ourselves, what are some areas to seek intentional transformation in our lives? As we go through this season of prayer, what would be some areas? What about our time in prayer? What about intentionally be transformed in your time in prayer? Time must be intentionally used. Amen. For time, for time to be proper to get the best, you have to intentionally use your time. Prayer is not going to happen by accident. Every one of us has been to that place where we just got up and instead of setting that time aside, we let the day get going and once it starts rolling, it's like a snowball going downhill. Amen, it just gains momentum, and, then we, and you don't get it back. And you go, oh, man, and then we feel bad and do all that. And we've all been there. So what about transforming our prayer time? What about our time in the Word? Why is time in the Word so important? Because this is God's voice to you. Every time you open this book, God speaks to you. It is the living Word of God. It is God-breathed, God-inspired. This is His Word. When you read it, it's, this is not a book. One old preacher said, if you cut this anywhere, it bleeds. It's the living word of God. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And you have to be in a place where the voice of God is the loudest voice in your life. And that only comes by time in prayer and time in the word. What about our love and compassion for people? What does that mean? That means we have to get beyond ourselves. We live in a self-absorbed society. And so we have to live where we actually think and care about other people. 
What about transformation in that area? What about our involvement with other people? Get involved with other people. Amen. Connect with other people. Push yourself out of that comfort zone. And mostly in seeking the law. Nobody's going to get saved without somebody seeking them. Amen. You, you, you know what I found up up here? Most of the time, the answer to my prayer comes by me being answered to somebody else's prayer. When I purpose to be an answer to somebody else's prayer, God begins to move on my behalf. Are you with me? So you leading somebody else to the Lord, you never know. That person you lead to the Lord may be that answer on that wall for salvation. May be their child, their son. Amen. So just be involved with people in that area. What about in our worship? What about transforming our worship to more than just the songs in church? Amen. Worship is more than just singing. It's a whole lifestyle of commitment and dedication to God. What about our service in kingdom increase? What about saying, God, transform me in that? I'm just throwing out some ideas. Just thoughts, things to think about. I need help in all these areas. Maybe you got it together. I spend my whole life like this. Trying to get my life together, amen? So uh, our, what about in our giving? Being transformed in this area. In the giving, in my time, talents and treasure. Some of you have talents that would take our church and the ministry to a whole new level. Jesus said it like this. You want to be great in the kingdom? Be a servant to all. Find a place to serve. You know what I found usually? The best place to serve is the best place that's needed help right now. Then that opens the door to the next place and the next place. And they just find. So you just start serving. Amen. Find a place to serve. Be active in serving. Don't wait to be served. You see something that needs to be done. Amen. Do it. If you go in the bathroom and there's water all over the place, don't go tell the usher, Bubba. Pull some toilet paper towels out. Dry the place up. Amen. If the toilet's plugged, there might be a plunger there. Go to work. It's not my job. I don't do toilets. Glory to God. God bless you. Amen. One too long ago, poor Pastor Sean, people were texting him, the toilets are plugged. So he had to leave the front row, being in service, go do something. Somebody's too good, too, too good to plunge somebody else's poo. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> Amen. That's the pastor's job. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, just be a servant. Be a servant. Be a servant. Amen. Pastor Francis wrote this. The worship team comes back. My dear friend, Rocker Roseville, wrote this. He said, hide and seek with God. At the entrance of a manufacturing plant, a sign read, if you're like a wheelbarrow, going no further than you're pushed, you need not apply for work here. That's the kingdom of God. If you're waiting for somebody to grab you and push you and take you into doing something, the kingdom won't work. God needs people who take the initiative, who get involved. Think about it. God has hidden the precious things of the earth on earth in such a way that finding them is a reward to the diligent. It takes intentional purpose to discover them. A prize to the industrious, but a disappointment to the lazy. The nut is hidden in its shell. 
The pearl is buried at the bottom of the ocean. Gold is imprisoned in the mountain. Gems are only found when you crush rock. And oil and gas are deep within the earth. Even the earth only gives its harvest to the hardworking farmer. And God says, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. When you desire intentional transformation with God. When you say, God, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'll even fast. I'll even get myself. Work on myself. Think about it like this. Fasting is going to the spiritual gym. Amen. Physical exercise profits a little. But fasting and prayer is working out in the true Lord's gym. Amen. God wants you conditioned. He wants you to be strong in Him. Amen? Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Years ago, we started ministry in Bernie. We had an evangelist come through, a team that came through. The churches got together. We had a tent revival. And the speaker, Wayne Stockstill was his name. And he preached. And he says, I've never taken anybody's salvation for granted. He says, I preach to churches all over the world. He says, I'll preach the gospel, I'll give altar call, and then I get board members getting saved. Because they just thought attending church meant they were saved. They had never made a personal decision to give their life to the Lord. Amen. You can go stand in your garage, but it won't make you a Maserati. Amen. It's not good. You, you, you have to be... You have to choose life in God. Just like we received in communion. You have to choose. You have to receive His life in you. Maybe you're here today and you've never received God's life in you. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you gave your Son to die for my sin. Today, I choose to receive your forgiveness and your life. Today, I choose to give my life to you and to live my life for you. Thank you for forgiving me, washing me with your blood. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive your promise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Asking God into your life. Maybe you're here today. Like I say, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You come, we'll pray for you. Maybe there's some things you need to resolve. Maybe there's some things you need to lay down. Maybe there's just some things God put on your heart. I'm asking our uh, prayer counselors to come. If you need prayer in any area, we're going to worship the Lord just for another moment. But if you need prayer in any area, God is here to help. We believe in answered prayer. Amen? So if you need prayer, as we worship, you come. Tonight, we're going to be here at 6 o'clock. We're going to pray together. We're kicking this thing off. We're believing God for transformation. God's going to do great things. So as they lead us in worship, you come. We want to pray with you. God bless you.